As we read more about the imminent threat to our reproductive rights, we feel the goddess stirring. Our feelings of rage boil and burn like the wrath of Pele. Athena whispers in our ear to fight for ourselves and our sisters using our personal power and democratic cunning. Durga, whose many arms symbolize the multiple roles women play, demands respect and recognition of all women. Sekhmet roars like a lioness to protect access to health care. Oya rages with the power of the storm at the side of our sisters who will suffer stillbirths and pregnancy trauma. Dear Woman holds dark vengeance for those who harm young girls and women through rape and incest. Frasia stokes our fire to fight like a Valkyrie in battle, and Lilith reminds us that we are made as equals of man and to cast off these patriarchal chains of oppression. Whichever goddess rises in you, use her offered strength to vote, to march in protest, to volunteer or donate, to fight to never go back. If you've made it this far, you can probably guess the subject matter of today's episode, and yay, you're still here. But here's the trigger warning. Yep, we're going to get into Roe versus Wade and sexual autonomy. Subjects like rape and abortion may come up. But it's not to cause despair. We hope, if anything, it causes inspiration. I pulled this beautiful and inspiring sentiment from Reddit user Voodops underscore 13 because I couldn't have put it better myself. The goddess is calling and we must answer. Today is going to be a little bit of a different patron deity episode, but purely because the goddess we're covering would highly approve. Not only a goddess for women everywhere, but a goddess of wisdom, democracy, and war. She whispers strategy in our ears, to be bold and fight against our oppressors. At such a dangerous time, not only for women, but for our LGBTQ plus two-spirit family, our non-binary family, men, children, everyone deserves their own sexual autonomy. It is a human right. Today, we hear Minerva's call. Welcome to the Witching Hour. Oh, the plight of the artist. The artist that shone so bright. She rivaled the goddess Minerva herself. The newest weavings of Arachne. So bold and colorful and beautiful. I must procure one for the missus. That should get me out of the doghouse in no time. Hey, Mama, how much for this tapestry? Twenty ducats, my lord. Oh, pricey. My weavings are well worth it, don't you think? Might as well have Minerva weave it herself for that price. Once upon a time, maybe, but the king himself has said I weave better than the goddess. And I do think he might be right. That's just silly. Don't say that. She is not the goddess to piss off, sweet cheeks. You'd do well to listen, little girl. Bride goeth before the fall. 
Minerva's too busy with her golden throne and wars to worry about weaving. I dare say she hasn't had much practice of late. I weave immortal stories for the ages. I'm hardly afraid of Minerva. Have you lost your mind? You dare challenge the goddess of war! I see someone awoke today and chose violence. Hardly! I am better. Do you not see how real my tapestries are? How skillful and perfect? Oh, I see. And if the goddess does appear... I'd challenge her right here, right now, to see if she could weave as well as I. That is your wish, child. Imagine how much kings would pay for these if I outspun the goddess herself. Foolish. Poor, stupid girl. Did you truly believe that I had not kept my eye on you? Inspired your hand. Your arrogance outreaches your gift. I accept your challenge. Minerva. Oh, this just got real. The one and only. Well, shit. Indeed. You have the supplies you need, correct? I do. Do you need to borrow a loom, milady? Let's make it interesting. I'd love to borrow a loom. I'd hate for you to claim divine intervention when you lose. Let the mortals be our judges. Wait, I'm already in trouble with the missus. Can I just buy this and go? No! Oh, I'm pissing off all the ladies today, aren't I? Let me just send a message, a pigeon. Oh, mama. Let the contest begin. And the hours went by and by. The shuttles flew and artistic genius unfolded before mortal eyes. Minerva wove a stunning tapestry, depicting her victory in battle over the god of the sea, Neptune, and her creation of the olive tree. In each corner, she wove breathtaking images, showing exactly what happened to mortals who crossed the gods. But despite the intricacy and details of Minerva's work, the mortal crowd gasped when Arachne's tapestry was revealed. It was so exquisite in nature that it appeared real. Arachne chose to depict the treachery of the gods and how they deceived mortals throughout the ages. In her depiction of the rape of Europa, the bull seemed to leap from the tapestry. She depicted Minerva's own treachery when one of her own priestesses broke her vow of celibacy for a torrid love affair with the sea god Neptune. In return, Minerva cursed her with a head of snakes and a gaze that would turn anyone who gazed upon her to stone. Medusa's snakes blazed to life in Arachne's tapestry, and all who looked upon the two couldn't deny that Arachne was in fact a better weaver than the goddess herself. The goddess was enraged and struck Arachne with her shuttle repeatedly. Arachne, shocked and ashamed, attempted to hang herself. Oh dear. I mean, I was mad, but to take such a gift from the world? Poor child. This is not the way. Minerva sprinkled Arachne's body with herbs, and the girl's body began to shrink. Her limbs became long and thin, and to aid her in her weaving, Minerva added a few extra. 
she would continue to weave forever as a spider. This is one of my favorite Greek stories. I personally am terrified of spiders, but it makes them a little less scary to me. I just pretend they're all arachne. There's a lot more to Minerva than just the arts, though, and that's really kind of my motivation for today's episode. This is just my favorite story, so I had to share it with you. As we mentioned earlier, she's a goddess of strategy and of wisdom and democracy. She surpassed the god of war himself at some point in history for warriors to call on to guide their hands in battle. Because she's smart, strategic. She doesn't blindly rage. She plans. She thinks. It's said that Jupiter swallowed Minerva's mother whole because of a prophecy that the child she bore would be his downfall. Jupiter developed a raging headache after he ate Minerva's mother, one so intense he begged the god Vulcan to split his head with a giant hammer. And when Vulcan did, Minerva sprang from the skull in full battle armor, bearing a large spear. With the current threat to our sexual autonomy, what better goddess to call on to hex the patriarchy? We are being swallowed whole. Our voices shut down, and why? Because it threatens the big men in charge. So we spring forth like Minerva. Let's make sure we're fully armed. It's tempting to go straight to magic here, I know. But hear me out. I can tell you that on your altar, if that's what you're looking for, you can add owls, books, olive oil, bread, all of those things she's a huge fan of, make great offerings, she'd love it. But to better honor Minerva, if that is a relationship you're looking to build, think about the advice she would give you today. Know the subject matter like the back of your hand and how to fight for it, how to speak up even when your voice is shaking. I don't know about you guys, but right now Roe versus Wade is what's making my voice shake. So talking about it, understanding exactly why it's under attack and what we can do about it seems to be the most important step forward. So let's get into it. So recently, there was this leaked draft opinion from the Supreme Court that shows that Roe v. Wade will most likely be struck down this summer. Thirteen states have already passed trigger laws that will immediately ban abortions if and when, honestly, Roe is overturned. And around 26 states in total are expected to ban abortion, with or without trigger laws. So while the Housecraft family is not overly political usually, this whole Supreme Court draft decision is a huge assault on women's rights as well as trans men, non-binary people with wombs, and presents a potential future assault on LGBTQ and minority rights as well. So let's talk about what we know and what we can do. The justification that Justice Alito uses in his majority opinion is that unenumerated rights, which are rights that aren't specifically spelled out in the Constitution, are not protected, which means other rights could potentially be stripped away in the future. No, I'm not kidding. Like hard-won freedoms, like gay marriage, interracial marriage, desegregation laws, and others could theoretically be struck down using that same justification that is being used to attack abortion rights, as the Constitution doesn't actually guarantee any of those rights either. Yes, it's extreme, but, I mean, we're fighting for the rights to our own body, so is it that extreme? Remember how many people fought against that once upon a time? In general, we would never suggest how anyone should vote. 
But this case does change everything. We're not saying that the Democratic Party does not have its faults, of course. But it's important to note that all the Supreme Court justices that were placed by a Democratic president voted against striking down Roe. And five of the six justices that were placed by Republican presidents voted for it. Additionally, the Senate recently held a vote to codify Roe legislatively, and 49 out of 50 Democrats voted to protect the right to choose, and every single Republican voted against it. On a local level, states with conservative governors and state legislators are the states that are planning on stripping away rights from people with wombs, and states with progressive governors and state legislators are protecting abortion rights. Not to mention, the Republican-led states that are criminalizing trans kids and their families, banning books, disallowing teachers to even mention the existence of LGBTQ people. For people who care about these issues, the choice between who we elect to represent our interests is clear. The end result is also clear. Banning abortions will not stop abortions. It will only make it less safe and will cost people their lives particularly low-income people who do not have the resources to skirt around the law or take time off work and travel to access abortion services. Do you think the wealthy are really concerned about their abortion rights? No, they're not. They can get away with it. They can go wherever they need to go. This is going to impact a lot of minority communities. It may seem like we're just fighting for our rights as anybody carrying a womb or a child to protect our right to choose, but it's a lot more than that. This is why it becomes dangerous. That unenumerated rights argument is a very slippery, tricky slope. So here are some steps we can take to assist people struggling to access safe abortions in the short term and advocate for our freedoms in the long term. First, Join local protests wherever you live. They're all over Facebook. They're all over the news. You know how to find them. You may not think they work. They do. They do make a difference. Just make sure you're smart. Stay safe. And protest as much as you can, as loudly as you can. Scream so loud they can't drown out your voice. I also highly suggest calling and emailing any and all of your local representatives and demand they advocate for the right to choose, both on a local and a national level. Even in the unlikely event that Roe is not struck down, we should still pressure our elected representatives to codify the right to choose in actual legislation. This has been under attack for years. We've all known it. It's time to put representatives in office who represent our needs, as individuals and as people. Consider donating to an abortion fund, like the Women's Reproductive Rights Assistant Project, the Lilith Fund, Indigenous Women Rising, the Bridget Alliance, etc., just to name a few. Planned Parenthood is a great organization, but we recommend donating to an actual abortion fund that assists in travel expenses to get people out of hostile environments, pay for clinic fees, there's even candidates who are working on paying lawyer fees. Also, make sure you vote for pro-choice candidates for every elected office, both local and national. And I know this might seem a little wild, but advocate for expanding the Supreme Court to 13 seats and fill it with pro-choice justices. If Alito and the other conservative justices want to use the enumerated rights argument, we should just remind them that the Constitution does not specify how many justices there should be on the court. Tell your representatives and senators that they should do this, Talk about it on social media. Discuss it with your friends and family. That's how grassworks movements work. And finally, 
If you're in need of abortion services yourself, check out some of these sites for help. Abortion Finder, Aid Access, Buckle Bunnies Fund, Carafem, that's C-A-R-A-F-E-M, Cobalt Abortion Fund, Hey Jane, Planned Parenthood, or search for an abortion fund that operates in your area. Don't go to crisis centers. They're usually more often than not anti-choice establishments that are going to provide you misinformation and discouragement instead of assistance. The road ahead is not an easy one. But this issue is not something we can just accept defeat and move on from. The health and well-being of tens of millions of people, as well as future generations, are on the line. This is what Minerva would tell you to do. It's up to us to listen to this call and to stand up for future generations. The battle for our rights continues, and it probably will for a long time. I'd love to offer you some hexes here, as promised, but the first step of manifestation is taking the actions to manifest your reality. Let's manifest, wayward ones. We've got this. In the immortal words of the doors, the time to hesitate is through. And if you got that reference, you're a real one. (laughs) If you're interested in signing up for our free monthly newsletter for more articles like the ones we've presented today, be sure to check us out on linktree.com backslash housecraftofficial, where you can sign up, join us on Patreon, find us on our socials, and more. If you have a moment, please leave us a five-star rating and a review. It goes so far for us. We're growing really fast, we're learning so much, and it's all from having this amazing, living, breathing community. That is you. Our next episode is going to be our last one for this season, but it's just so I can take a little break and get crunching on writing the next one. (laughs) But it's going to be a really good one. Make sure you tune in. We're going to have Shanna Stoker, actress, vocalist, witch, entrepreneur, and yep, you guessed it, Bram Stoker's granddaughter, joining us to discuss two last major influences. I would say influences, not deities per se, but how does Morgan Le Fay and Marie Laveau sound? We'll also have my friend, sister, and host of 50 States of Terror, Kaylee Diaz, back in the studio, bringing all the knowledge and quick quips we know and love her for. And coming this Friday... Camp Redwood, we're here to help. There's nothing to fear but fear itself. We help wayward souls to find their way Through stories, songs, and games we play School's almost out, and you know what that means. Camp is almost back in session. Starting May 27th, Camp Counselor Mary McCobb is back at Camp Dreadwood. Strange things happen every day, and here at Camp Dreadwood, if I run out of bedtime stories, I'll just make one up. Sometimes they're based on true crime. Others are unsolved mysteries that will keep you on the edge of your seat. And once the kids are asleep, I'll give you the real scary details. Campfire stories are fun because they're fiction. But what if you knew that the things that go bump in the night and scratch at your cabin door were not only real, but trying to kill you? So grab your marshmallows, gather around the fire, and join me every Friday for a little dose of terror. See you at sundown. Don't go into the woods.
want to give a quick shout out and special thanks to my vocal artists of the week, Kate Flower, Kaylee Diaz, and Reed Brown. You guys are crazy and I love it. Stay strong, wayward ones. Chin up. Turn to each other when we feel hopeless or lost in this, okay? Blessed be and see you next time on The Witching Hour. <laughs>